All right, so the Rangers are back in the Stanley Cup final for the first time since 1994. For, uh, it's been 20 years now waiting for this. And, uh, you know, after Wednesday night's game, it, it wouldn't have mattered if they waited another day longer. I think uh, after the 2 nothing lead, blown 2 nothing lead, um, and the terrible loss at the beginning of the uh, overtime, it was uh, a heartbreaking loss for the Rangers. A, a win was there for the taking, and they weren't able to get it. And joining me today to talk Rangers hockey after uh, now trailing 1-0 in the series is 6-10 from Barstool Sports New York. How's it going today? Uh been better, been better, but we're still in the cup and uh, still a long series. So going into the series, I figured you got to split. Obviously, on the road, you want to take uh, you know at least one of the two games, especially here now in the final, especially against LA. You don't want to give them any more momentum and steam than they already have. And I mean that win was right there for the taking last night, uh, a two nothing lead. And you know it's funny because when they go up one nothing, I felt confident. When they go up two nothing. I'm already thinking, you know, like, oh, Henrik, uh, he's got a chance at the Cup. He's going to be a legend and all this. And then yep. <laughs> in about 20 minutes, it's all gone. Yep, yep. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, was, it was tough to watch. I mean, they threw everything they had at the Kings, established a 2 nothing lead. Um, the Stepan turnover that turned into a goal late in the period, I think, sucked some of the air out of their confidence. And as they slowly backed on their heels, the Kings seemed to take full advantage. And um, even in, by the time the third period came along, the Kings are just dominating play, but Lundqvist is making save after save, and you just think after a while, there's the, a break has got to go our way. We've got to be able to find a, a puck in the net. Even in the last minute after Quick made the save on Haglin, Carter comes around with the wraparound, and that somehow doesn't find its way in the net. You just think somehow, some way, this game is going to go. Um, the Rangers will five minutes into OT, Girardi, does seemingly what he likes to do every now and then and just shits the bed completely on defense and i understand it was a bad bounce but you know you can you not fall down or or make a better decision but in the end it was a gimme and and could have had but ended up not well, my three whipping boys for the Rangers always seem to be, at least the main ones, seem to be Dan Girardi, Derek Stepan, and Ryan Boyle. And I said I'd give uh, Boyle lifetime immunity after uh, you know his performance early in the playoffs and his big goals that helped the Rangers survive and advance in this uh, postseason. But it, it's kind of ironic that it does come down to a Stepan turnover, a terrible you know turnover. I don't even know what he's doing um, it, to to cut the lead in half. And you know it's a bad goal. It takes a bad bounce behind Lundqvist over his shoulder. But at the same yep. time, you know I don't know exactly how he's trying to break it out of the zone in that time and to me step on you know I joke that he's the most overrated player in the NHL but I just feel like you know the Rangers have overrated him the the, uh, the Ranger fans have almost the media has I mean here's a guy that plays in every situation possible doesn't have you know that much offensive ability and he does score goals which seem to come on the power play when he's sitting on the far post and the, you know the puck gets put right on his tape but aside from yep. that he should be you know more defensive minded as a center and here he is turning the puck over when you can't do it in game one of Stanley Cup final well yeah and I think you're 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 partially right I don't necessarily think he's he's insanely overrated i just think he's in the unfortunate position of the de facto um number one center and i think sometimes maybe he thinks he has to create um more than he actually needs to instead of just being direct with the puck um but the perfect example the turnover i mean in that situation you're up 2-0 in enemy turf two and a half minutes left there was no reason for him to even be putting the puck in that direction use the boards get it out there was uh, a, a much safer outlet to make and instead he just made a bonehead play trying to make something happen on a i assume a home run pass i don't even know who was on the other side of the ice outside of the blue line but um i if if on, on most teams he's not 
your supposed top line center and maybe um under the better circumstances he's not forced to or at least thinks he has to make stupid plays like that well i agree and i in post uh you know previous podcast i've done with uh, brian monza from wfan he's actually made that point several times you know this isn't a number one center he's just been put into this role uh whether he likes it or not and you know, like, like you said when he's on other teams he's probably lower on the depth chart at that position second third liner uh but the thing is you know to, to stay with step on he's on the power play he plays in an ornament amount of time even strength power play penalty kill he's all over, he's all over the place um yep. and maybe they use him because you know maybe the rangers depth isn't as isn't as good and as strong as everyone thinks it but in that same sense you know rick nash uh in his columbus days and before he became a ranger and even even as a ranger if you if you prorate the goals when he's not injured with concussions um he is can is and can be one of the best goal scorers in the world at a time was at least you know probably a top three or four goal scorer in the world and here's a guy who now he's almost been relegated to a role of you know he's still out there he's still on that top line with Kreider and Stepan but he doesn't see power play time and and no one really wants to get on Vigneault because he does have this team in the Stanley Cup final and yes okay I, I understand that but how do you not have your best pure goal scorer on the power play time and again I I, I don't know and and the thing is you know in in the beginning, when you when they were going through their power play droughts, I understand trying anything and everything. You sit this person, start that person. You know, they, at one point they gave their fourth line some run on the power play just to see what the hell would happen. Um, I think things that a sure Rick Nash is a little snake bitten, but b he's clearly not the sole liability on this power play. So at that point, you have to go with history and you have to go with skill. And I agree with you 100. percent He should be on that top unit. Um, I would be okay with him being on any unit, um, but yeah, he 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 needs to be out there. You need to go guns blazing, and you have to rely on your talent. And- yeah, and along those lines, I mean, you look at other teams' power plays, and granted, the Rangers, you know, they're, a, they're the streakiest power play in probably history. The way they go through slumps here, but I mean, the the Zuccarello, Pouliot, Broussard line is a good line. It's a good line overall. It's a good line, even strength. Um, they had their success during the regular season on the power play. They didn't sustain success, you know, or, over the course of the season on the power play. And to have on the, you know, the first unit, um, you know, Richards, for, for a sense, I mean, he plays almost the entire two minutes sometimes. Like, he's P.K. Subban out there. And if anyone should be doing that, yeah. it should probably be St. Louis or Nash. Nash isn't even on either unit. And then you've got Rafael Diaz, who will probably be a, um, out of the lineup now with John Moore coming back. And he can't even crack the lineup without injuries or suspensions. And they're throwing him in the first and second unit, you know, running the point, taking bombs from the blue line. I don't know. It just, it doesn't make sense. I mean, you're trying to put the best offensive talent on the ice to try and score a goal. And and it just seems like they don't always do that. Yeah. I, I I mean, again, I, I, it's almost one of those situations where they've um, almost out thought themselves and maybe putting Nash back in makes them look stupid. I would hope to think that the coaching staff has passed that, but I don't necessarily see any other reason. Again, we're not scoring power play goals without him. They're going to need it. They're going to need to take advantage of some power plays. They're not going to be able to go on these over streaks and hope to, you know, fight six, seven games against a team like this. If it wasn't for Dan Girardi's turnover uh, in the overtime, and I don't know how the game would have ended if he deci- if he didn't decide to just, you know, give a, give a nice pass right in the slot there, but um, Mark Stahl had a horrendous game. You know, he, 
he got lucky a few times on a couple turnovers that that could have gone the other way. Could have been complete odd man rushes, two on ones, three on ones. He got burned on the Dowdy goal. You know, granted the guy had some sick moves and was able to finish it, but it was his you know defensive lapse at the top of the circle that caused that. And uh, when you look at this Rangers defense, I mean, it's it's easy to get high and low on this team. I do it with the New York Giants too. It's like when the Rangers are playing well, you know, you think they're the best team in the world, and when they lose a game, you think they're the worst. But when you look at this defense, I mean, Strawman's out there laying people out. He had a good game. Stahl had a horrendous game. Girardi cost them the game. McDonough's McDonough. You know, he's always going to be good. Diaz is a liability. I mean, top to bottom, the defense, and Kevin Klein, who's, who's been pretty solid throughout the playoffs. I mean, when you take McDonough, if you take him away from this unit, the overall defense is pretty bad. I think the Kings sort of, uh, sort of you know, uh, exposed them for that last night. Stahl definitely was not um, on top of his game. But for the most part in these playoffs, he's been pretty solid. The, the difference with him... Um, Compared to a guy like Girardi, for example, is you know Stalls. He's he's proven that somehow, some way, with with his reach, he's one of the best you know stick men in uh, in, in the league. He can, like you said, make up for some of his mistakes. Um, Girardi, Girardi is is kind of an enigma because sometimes he plays so solid, um, sometimes he's taking the body well, and, and other times he just seems discombobulated and overmatched. And 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 like you know full well in in Rangers history almost seems to find himself in the wrong place at the wrong time more than anybody else on this squad. <laughs> um, and like he did again, you know, last night. You know, this one, it, it, sure, there was a bad bounce, and, it, you know, that bounced over his stick. But in the end, it, I, I, I would expect more, um, more smarts um, in, a, in a play like that, like Girardi with an A on his jersey, than just a simple, oh, shit, I fell, panic play, let me just swat it in this direction and just uh, piss the game away. Well, the thing with Girardi that's weird, too, is, you know, he got his extension, he got the multi-million dollar deal, and I don't know if he, I mean, I guess you have to pay for a guy like him, but really a guy like him is, is you know, he's not what people make him out to be, and I, when people were breaking down the series before, um, I remember Peter McGuire, not that, you know, I put any credence in anything he says, but he was saying, you know, about he has this the seven-guy system that he believes, you know, it takes seven guys to win, and he was call, saying, you know, McDonough's their star defenseman, Girardi's the shutdown guy, and I was like, why do people keep thinking he's, he's you know, the shutdown guy? I mean, his one move is to, you know, sort of lay out on the ice, and that, that costs the Rangers more goals, you know, over the course of the season and the postseason than anything else, and it just seems like time and again, and I remember uh, it, during the regular season at the trade deadline, the Bruins were looking for a, a so-called shutdown defenseman again. His name was Rumor and Bruins fans wanted him, and I was like, you guys don't know what you're getting yourselves into. I mean, he's more hyped up than any other player on the team, I believe. Uh, I, I don't, I've, I've noticed with, since I've been following you on Twitter, I know you're probably, you're harder on Girardi than most, but I don't necessarily disagree with you. I mean, I, he's, he's, he's certainly overrated. I would never consider him a shutdown guy. He has his moments where he plays great, but you can't be considered a shutdown guy with, with the amount of just seemingly unforced mistakes that that he makes and 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 he's kind of an all-or-nothing guy like you said he'll sprawl out he'll lay out he'll get in front of anything he'll block shots that's all well and good but as far as considering him uh i don't know defensively sound i don't think that would be the term i'd use for a guy like dan girardi (laughs) the other thing i wanted to talk about was the third period and uh 
you know, the, after the first two periods, I mean, the Rangers played as good as they've ever come out of a game early on in the first period. I mean, they were they were faster than the Kings. They were dumping and chasing well. Um, they had good puck possession. They got a lot of quality shots. It seems like they came out uh, with the mindset to just put everything and anything on net, and they were getting rebounds. They got chances. They probably could have buried uh, a few more goals than they did with just the two, but I don't know what happened in the third period where they had that 11-and-a-half-minute streak to open the period without a shot at goal. They were getting thoroughly dominated uh, without Lundqvist in that period. You know, that, that would have been a blowout, um, sort of like that game yep. early on in the Canadian series. And I don't think enough can be said about Lundqvist. I mean, yes, he they lost the game. Yes, he gave up three goals, but he had 40 saves. Um, he got he was hung out to dry in overtime with a, you know a mini breakaway inside the inside the hash marks. Uh, I mean, time and again, this guy's been a, been the backbone of this team. And I think if he continues to play the way he did in Game One, they shouldn't really have any problems getting back in this series and extending it. Well, that was that was you know the 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 mindset going in that and and even starting these playoffs when when I was trying to think of who was going to come out of the east and everyone was basically anointing uh, the Bruins the Eastern Conference champions I had always said if it's not the Bruins then there's no reason why it can't be the Rangers because of Henrik Lundqvist he gives the team a puncher's chance against anybody there's no reason why the game should have even gone to overtime to watch Girardi do what he did um he, he's he, he's ready. He knows for a fact. He knows this is his opportunity to cement his legacy, to get that ring that everybody busts his balls for not having, as if it's any fault of his own. He's he, he's he's ready, and the Kings know it. And the Kings know they're going to have to throw everything at him to beat him. Um, it it hurts to to watch the Rangers blow an effort like his, just simply because all of a sudden, like you said, after the first period, they seemed almost scared like they didn't know like they don't know how to play with a with a two goal lead they changed their game entirely i think after the first period the rest of the way i think they had 13 shots in the first period and 14 shots the rest of the game i don't know what happened they started to try and make the extra pass they were they were Nash on, on, a, on a three on two after they haven't had a shot the first half of the third period pulls the puck back and to, to try and make a pass or one of his patented spin moves and just gives the puck away, and it ends up going the other the other side. I just don't understand why uh, how the Rangers sometimes don't seem to be able to handle or maintain success after that first period. How do you not say, "Hey guys, you know what we just did? Let's do exactly that again for the second and third period." And I'm listen. You, you got to give the Kings some credit. They started playing stronger, and they you know ramped up their game as well. But there's no reason for the team that came out for the Rangers in the first period to get slapped around like they did so bad in the third. They're going to need to play a full 60 if they want to win a few. I think the most disheartening thing about the game one loss is, you know, not only did they have a two goal lead early on and they, and it was there for the taking, it was there for them to win. And they would have already had the split taken care of a game two wouldn't have been as important as it is. But when you get to this point, uh, you know, obviously the final two teams who appear evenly matched to me, I mean, I thought going in that this was more of a toss up and I felt like the Rangers and Kings uh, were sort of built the same way from the goaltender out. Um, Even though, you know, everyone says the West is the best, the Western conference so dominant and they were going to have you know, whether it was the Blackhawks or the Kings, they were going to have an easy way with the Rangers. But I never saw it like that. And, and clearly, you know, a game goes to overtime in game one. It's not going to happen like that. So I think, you know, the most disheartening thing is that it's going to come down to a couple bounces here or there this series. And to give them, a, to give away the lead and then to give them a game on a bad bounce in, in overtime, I mean, it's just, 
it's just tough to swallow because it was there and now it's like the importance in game two is so strong and uh you know if they don't win game two i mean yes they've come back from 2-0 deficits before but i just feel like with this king's team that's going to be a tall order yeah i mean you obviously you're right you can't say game two is a must win but for all intents and purposes in our hearts it 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 is. I mean, you, like you said, you have to come out with a split. The Kings, they have the championship mindset. They've been there before. Um, the Rangers do have some veterans on their team, but at the same time, this group hasn't played in games of this magnitude yet. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that maybe game one after the first period, maybe maybe when the Kings started ramping up, they, they were a little shell-shocked, and maybe they'll rebound from that. Maybe they've learned something. Um, but the, the the thing that makes me the most nervous is what if that was the game they were supposed to win out of the two? You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, no, I know. Do you, do you think, do you, do you honestly, they're going to have to put forth another effort that's actually even better than that. Are they going to be able to play the Kings close for two games in a row in their own building? Uh, I, I don't I, I don't know. I don't know. It's 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 a little nervous. But again, the Rangers have answered the bell time and time again, so I'm not counting them out just yet. Well, before game one, I was I was pretty confident in this series. I, I picked the Rangers in six. I thought they could win this series. You know, um, obviously they I in my heart of hearts I do think they could lose it, but I wanted to pick the Rangers because I, I picked them all along. I'm a Rangers fan, so it only makes sense. And then uh, and then with the two goal lead, I was you know my confidence was through the wall. Like I said, uh, I was already envisioning Henrik uh, you know getting his banner up into the rafters in you know 15 years or whatever, and all the guys from the Stanley Cup team are back. And uh, and then after. After uh, the, the lead was gone and the overtime lost my confidence, it's pretty much, you know, it, it's at a 1 to 10 right now. I say I'm like a 3, maybe a 4 right now when I was a 10 in the first period. How are you feeling now down, you know, one game knowing they have to go uh, at, at least 4 and 2 the rest of the way to win it? Yeah, well, I mean, listen, I knew, I, it's, it's, it's a weird rationale because on one hand, like you said, oh, shit, we're already down a game. We have to win game two. The pressure's on. I don't feel so confident. On the flip side, again, like I said, you look at it, and hey, it's the first game of a seven-game series. Anything can happen. But the most disheartening thing for me is that the, the Kings played the Kings game. They weren't outstanding by any means. They're, 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 they're strong. They're solid. Um, but when the Rangers pushed the issue, we, we forced them into a couple of sloppy turnovers. The disheartening part was how they just had no counter in the third period. So uh, it not only was it what the Kings were doing, it's what the Rangers weren't. I just don't know how you can play a third period in your first Stanley Cup game for a lot of these guys and just come up with that lame an effort. Um, where where are they going to, you know, what are they going to rally around to make sure that doesn't happen again? I don't know. <laughs> well, we've used the word disheartening a lot in this podcast, and I yeah. think, and I think the last thing I'd say is that you know I was looking forward to watching this game with either a brand new uh, you know St. Louis or Nash white home jersey on that you sort of got the word spread on Twitter about it, and uh, you know I, I saw you were busy swiping your credit card, basically you know going into into debt over buying these jerseys, and now no one ended up getting one. Yeah, that was that was really strange. I'm not really sure how the NHL got away with it. I think <laughs> one person on Twitter said that he got two of his three jerseys. Um, I forget who he said he got, but he said his McDonough got canceled. So I, I, I have to imagine they sent him out to some. But, yeah, I mean, if the NHL posts $64 Stanley Cup patch <laughs> jerseys, 
and I buy some, and they say, the order is confirmed. It cannot be canceled. I expect to get my jersey, not a stupid $10 credit to buy something that I'm, I'm not going to use them. What the hell no, am I going to yeah, buy? What are you going to get with $10 there? Like a... The only reason why I went there is because I saw that link. Um, I think it was, I'll give a shout-out to, I think it was Billy Hicks, um, one of my followers on Twitter, who sent it to me. Um, but it, it was one of those things, one of those infuriating things where it's just like, man, I'm so pissed right now. I know this is wrong, but... What what are you gonna do? You know what I mean. I I've, I fired off nasty emails. I'm sure other people did too. But you know, and, he, and I just didn't get how they kept saying, well, you know, there we have a limited stock. No, you don't, because when yeah. you sell them for regular price, you're gonna have more to sell. So yeah. and I, those... I think a, a couple of factors. One was that um, I saw a bunch of people, you know, tweeting they had called and and what the customer response, uh, customer service responses were. And you know, one was that. Anything on the site that's unavailable will be grayed out or not. So if you need a large Nash and you go to select large and there's no large in stock, it just wouldn't be an option. So, yep. I mean, for them to have every player, every size, and then I saw another person say, you know, they ended up selling 7,000, but they could only fill 250 orders. That's all they had in stock, which is just, like, the worst lie ever because, yeah, the, you know, the New York Rangers, I mean aside from who like the red wings or the canadians or the maple leafs like there's no bigger fan base probably purchasing merchandise over the course of a year in the nhl and you're telling me they haven't been in the cup in 20 years you've only stocked 250 jerseys of a variety of players um so i think it just came down to the fact that they knew that you know they couldn't take the hit because that's like i don't even know how much money they would lose out on but and and i think they just saw you know fuck the fans i mean if they don't get their jerseys you know this will fade away this pr hit will take it and uh, you know uh, people are still going to come here they'll still come back and buy their stuff especially if the rangers win we'll just make all that money back anyway yeah but and and that's i i don't i, I don't really know who the hell goes to the nhl store to buy their shit i, I, I yeah. mean, I, I, <laughs> It's it's it, it was it was real weird and my whole thing was you know I was sitting there um, wondering all right I know Stanley Cup tickets are going to be expensive but I got to go to Game Three or I got to go to Game Four and then it came out there twelve hundred fifty <laughs> two grand just to sit in the four hundreds I'm like well fuck I guess I'm not going and then I saw this and I'm like oh that's a little cool Ranger karma you know yeah. we can't go to the games but a, a few of us are going to get you know a couple of jerseys I know they're not the authentic blah 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 but still anything with the Stanley Cup patch. It's commemorative. It's cool. You know, I, I, I was I was happy, and then they just pulled the rug right out from under me. <laughs> and I'm not even a jersey guy. Like I don't even have any other jerseys. And I was just like, you know, it's sixty dollars. I got. I have to do it. Yep, yep. I was the same way. It, it, it's it, it's uh, they've they, they've they've kicked us in the nuts. Ticket prices, jerseys, <laughs> and now last night. So uh, I think they owe us one on Saturday. And the thing with the ticket prices, I mean, they're just, you know, outrageous to begin with. And I saw that you could have gone to the Kings game. And granted, you know, they're starting at 5 o'clock there when people aren't even out of work. But there was like $350 tickets for good seats to the game uh, for game one. And then, um, you know, Rear Admiral from your guy's Boston site tweeted at me, you know, Ticketmaster released, um, I guess, resold tickets. And they, were, they weren't at face value, but they weren't 1200 But they were still like, you know, $900 or $1,000 to sit in the 300 or 400s, um, whatever the new, you know, renamed balcony up behind the net. I'm just, you know, that's insane because if I spend, you know, if I'm spending uh, money towards rent on a hockey game and they go and I, they lose 4 nothing or something, I mean, that's just a dagger. Yeah, it's absurd. And, and it, 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 it kind of sucks. I mean, I, I get it's a business, and I, and I know, you know, you're a Yankee fan, so some people say it works the same way. But, you know, the Yankees, they still have the bleachers, and they have seats where the common fan can go to games. Um, 
who the hell, who's going to be in this crowd at MSG? I mean, is, <laughs> is there going to be the real true blue people that are going to be going bananas and getting this team riled up, kind of being the sixth skater on the ice? That's, yeah. I, I mean, know. I would, I would like... feel like the real true blue people are the people that can barely afford their season tickets as is, so they're probably the ones selling them off to pay for the next, you know, 10 years of tickets. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, you heard at some points in, in the Kings game, it, it sounded like a library. And I know LA is not a hockey town, and I wasn't really expecting much, but the garden can't be like that. I mean, the, you know, especially especially if we're down 2-0, that, you know, the, the home ice has to make a difference. It can't just be like playing, you know, uh, in arenas in L.A. and New York where nobody that's there really gives a shit. I mean, that's what it seems like. The ticket prices are going to make it that way. All right, 6-10. Well, we couldn't keep our uh, vaunted two-goal lead. Uh, we, couldn't get, uh, we couldn't get anything going in the third period. Couldn't get out of the overtime alive. Couldn't get our white Rangers commemorative jerseys. So maybe, maybe, maybe the hockey gods will give us a win for game two. That's it. I mean, and again, I'm, 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 st- I'm still a little confident. They showed flashes. I feel like they know exactly what they have to do. I mean, in the end, I think it just comes down to effort and, and wanting it. And I think they thought that they can get away with half-assing it, and now they know they can't. So we'll see. All right, well, hopefully the next time we talk, we're looking back at a series where the uh, the Rangers win and there's a parade and everyone's getting drunk up the Canyon Heroes. Sounds good to me, man.